You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos for creating! Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Look what you did to him! Death! come to your little town sheriff welcome back to the one the only the classic the rabbit and red podcast my name's riley i'm simone and today is episode 22 and we're uh, not going that far back on this one no no just uh uh well less than 10 years i guess yeah uh 2014 the town that dreaded sundown uh, remake sequel spiritual sequel requel i don't know no it's not a requel (laughs) no it's not a requel it's kind of like a fictionalized sequel to a real event that incorporates the movie that was made about the real events as a movie in its universe yep (laughs) write that down that's it (laughs) because i can't say it again (laughs) uh yeah it's I have a lot to say about just comparing the true events to these events and how if you have like looked into the Moonlight murders that are very real that happened in Texarkana in the 40s, uh, it's kind of confusing sometimes. It's it's even a little confusing watching the original, but this one especially, it's like it, it makes up a lot of shit. That's just not the case. So, yeah, I believe it. See, me, me, I, this was my first time watching anything that has to do with um, that case. Um, I know about the original. I've seen like uh, reviews of it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. So I'm just going in like this movie. (laughs) That's all I have is just, just the movie. I mean, I know that some stuff about the true crimes that happened, but. Yeah, we can kind of we'll dive in all that in a second. I mean, but uh, I mean, as always, first of all, it's just how are things going, man? It's been it's only been like five days because our schedule <laughs> up right now, but still, you done yeah. thing? How, how's it going? Uh going pretty good. We're having a like heat wave here, so it's hot as fuck inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, not doing too much. Uh, figuring out some some plans for um the birthday. My birthday this weekend, so. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's about that's about it. Pretty nice. relaxed. Trying to save money for uh, for flashback in August. So yeah, yeah. I um, I had my first cookout at my own home. So wow, I'm a fucking adult now. Uh, <laughs> that's that's when you know. That's when you know. You're like, oh god, I'm getting old because you throw a cookout for the family and shit, and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Shit. Tell you what though, uh, my you know my dad's always been the grill guy, but uh, mm. he likes to have everything like very well done. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not a well done guy, so yeah. to cook things the way I wanted them to be cooked, medium rare. You know what? It was delicious. All right, I shocked yeah. myself. Couldn't believe I had it in me. Nice, yeah. Medium rare is the way to go with steak. Anyway, burgers yeah. here we you know we cook them well. Usually. If you're out eating here in Canada, you say you want a hamburger, they just cook it one way. But that's uh, how it's technically supposed to be. I still prefer having like a medium rare burger, although it's uh, not nearly as healthy to do it that way. Uh, There is some risk you're taking with that. But you know what? Fuck that. I'm always thrown off when I am in the States, though, and I order a burger and they're like, oh, how do you want it? Uh, 
uh, I have options. <laughs> yeah, with cheese. Yeah, with <laughs> cheese. Which, on a bun. On a bun, please. That'd be nice. Preferably, <laughs> you know, dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, and I just, just brought, I literally just got back this morning from bringing Stormy, uh, my new little puppy pug. She's only three months old. Just to her first, her first vet appointment with me. Uh, and it was, it, yeah, it went well. She's a very healthy little pug. Which oh, that's good. That's that in and of itself is an accomplishment because pugs, you know, a lot of health risk with those little fuckers. Yep. But they're cute. They're cute. Yeah. And then tomorrow I leave for San Diego. Yeah. Big trip. Yeah. I still don't even know how I'm getting to the airport. So yeah. I have to figure that out. Yeah. But yeah, in, in, a, in a pretty good position there. I, I We talked about it. I still, it's still the only place to talk about it publicly. So if you listen to the show, you get all the scoops. Uh, but yeah, so going there, interviewing some celebs that'll be announced throughout this week. Uh, you, you follow the Boss Team Games Twitter at Boss Team Games uh, to get those announcements. So we already announced Bruce. Bruce will be there. Um, but there's a handful more that will be at booth 4337 at San Diego Comic-Con. Come stop by. Can't miss it. Yeah, it'll be fun. And, you know, it'll be cool because a poster that I designed will be there available. Uh, the booth art, I designed a good chunk of it. So just pretend Thanks. that it looks great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Good, good strategic <laughs> placement, too. Right by Warner Brothers and, like, the CW. So, like, all the, like, superhero stuff will be right there. So oh, people yeah. are naturally going to come toward it. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right in the hot spot. Right in the corner there, uh, next to to Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers got like a fucking hundred twenty foot booth. So fuck those guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm excited to be next to them and next to CW. They could be cool. Uh, Comic Con in general, I'm really excited for because you know there's always a, a good chunk of announcements, and because there's so many horror folks that are going to be there, uh, mm. like Chucky's going to be there. Yep. Uh, you, the uh, prey is screening for the first time ever there, which would be really cool. I'm hoping I don't think I'm going to have time. I'm hoping I can sneak in at least something cool like that. Uh, NECA is going to have a bunch of announcements. It'd be cool to see them there. Uh, yeah. And then like we ourselves are going to probably have some announcements there. So you know what? There's a lot, lot going on. A lot it's, going on. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be like overload with all the cool horror announcements and all, like Marvel's going to San Diego. So that's going to be just <laughs> So it's yeah. gonna be a lot of uh, gonna be a lot of stuff, a lot of very cool and awesome stuff coming out here, uh, uh real soon. Yeah, yeah, it should be a good time. I'm I'm hoping for. I'm actually like a little nervous about it too. Cause at the same time, like if something gets announced that I want to cover on the channel, I'm like ah fuck, how yeah, am I then... how am I gonna have time to do that? But at the same time, I have more than enough recording equipment because I'm like responsible for all the the interviews and stuff. Uh, which Nick is going with. It, Nick is my quote unquote assistant. He's not really. He's just, he's basically a producer. <laughs> uh, he's going to be handling like shooting all the interviews and stuff. So nice. we have more than enough recording stuff with us to make it happen. You could just do like on the fly slashing cast, like breaking news, record. Yeah. yeah uh, we we want to do a podcast while we're there. So, yeah. 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 Nick, Nick suggested doing uh, Resident Evil, like the series. I'm like, no. <laughs> I, will, I will not be watching I, that probably yeah I, I uh fuck that <laughs> i've uh i've seen some reviews and i'm like eh, i'm j i i'm sick and tired of being let down by live action resident evil uh so yeah no fuck that show and yeah 
I'm not even a fan of like the remasters of Resident Evil. Like I, I, I like the original uh, Resident Evil uh, one, two, and three. I, I after that I get kind of lost. I, I don't know. I get them all mixed up at that point. I'm uh, a I'm a nut. I'm just a big big Resident Evil fan. Big fan of the lore. Uh, I did love the remake. Well, I love Resident Evil two remake and Resident Evil remake. Resident Evil three, it's it's there. But um, yeah, last Resident Evil movie I saw live action was Welcome to Raccoon City, and it sent me into like a twenty minute angry fucking rant. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never uh, liked a single one of those movies. Yeah, so I, Just, I don't. And since I'm seeing like I'm hearing the reviews in the TV series that don't really sound much better, I'm like, ah, I don't really yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, there's a again a whole long rant there too about that series, but we'd be here all day. Yeah. How about the monsters, though? I mean, we talked about it on the stream, but... I've watched that trailer a number of times now. And I don't, because I'm not, you know, I don't do that stuff. So I don't really notice the color grade, like, aspects that I've heard, you know, you talk about. But, man, I can hear the audio, and it's uh, it's muffled as hell. Like, the audio doesn't sound good. And why was it not done in black and white? You're already using the old school black and white universal logo. You end yeah. the trailer in black and white. Like, and he made it. I know this is like a G rated kids movie, but he made it so fucking colorful, like so bright and like vi- it doesn't work. Yeah. And I don't know if Sherry Moon Zombie's doing this because it's a kids movie, but her delivery and her line, same as the dude playing Herman, is like. Oof, <laughs> it's bad. It it look and the sets look terrible. This is a forty million dollar movie, and it looks like some kid show set for like little little kids. You know, there's yeah, like so judging like the story and what was presented to us, that's like its own conversation. And then it's so going there. I one, I think Sherry Moon Zombie sucks. I feel like she knows she sucks. Like she's just not. <laughs> made to be an actress i'm sorry uh and this ain't it so i no i don't really like her i think she because of the context of the movie she could probably get away with her performance a little bit more mm-hmm. uh but what the problem is like the monsters and herman Munster are like he's a dad who is just trying his best you know and sometimes that goes well sometimes it doesn't and but he's just getting by as a father with this you know monster filled family and that context is completely gone. You know, like we're not yep. there. We're it shouldn't even be called the monsters. It should be called anything but the monsters because <laughs> it's just it's just the origin story. And it's weird to see like Herman Munster sexualized so much. Um, yeah, G rated way, but it, he is sexualized. So it's weird. I don't I don't know. And the voice too that the actor who's playing him chose. It- it sounds really, really bad. Yeah. I don't know. It. I just can't. I don't know. It just doesn't look good. And yeah, you take away the family aspect because it's it's the origin of when Herman met uh, whatever the fuck her name is. The character. <laughs> I can't remember. But um, and like grandpa doesn't like him. Like in the trailer, grandpa says, we got to get rid of Herman Munster. It, I don't know. It's weird. Why wouldn't you just throw that in a flashback, but then have it just be the monsters, the family and everything? I guess he's planning a sequel, but yeah, it, 
I don't know. It looks really, really strange. But I almost want to see it out of curiosity. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. Um, yeah, outside of the story things, I think the grandpa's good. Um, I don't mind yeah. the sets as much. I definitely heard a lot of complaints on that. I don't mind it as much. Uh, I think you could easily fix it with a simple color grade change. Uh, in fact, Cody Leach did a video where he watched it in black and white, the whole trailer in black and white, and it worked mm. so much better. So I think they could just literally do that, and it would fix a good chunk of the movie. Mm. Um, and then this, the sound quality as well. It's I, I thought it was intentional, which I'd be okay with. You want to be like very old school and sound, you know, cheap and whatnot. I'm okay with that. Uh, but the problem is it's not consistently bad. Like you can hear at times where it's fine and then it mm. goes bad. And you, I mean, they, the thing is the movie only releases in two, two months away. So you, you should already be getting to the point where the audio is cleaned up, but maybe they're still working on it and they don't have the right tracks in blah, blah, blah. Um, my problem really is just the way the trailers cut together. It is. Yeah. It, the color grades bad. The sound is bad. The music is bad. It's mixed together poorly. The storytelling of it's bad. It's more like watching a montage of clips than it is a trailer for a movie with $40 million. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I honestly, I didn't say it during the stream. I told you this, but I didn't say it during the stream. When we were talking about it. I honestly think it's the worst trailer I've ever seen from a big budget movie. Yeah. I've heard, um, I've heard some other people say that and yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it does look really bad. I wonder if it's just a bad trailer. Like, what if it's actually a good movie and it's just a really shit trailer? Uh, maybe. I still think the whole vibe of the Munsters is missing because of the family aspect <clears throat> not being there. And so, yeah. Yeah. And you said, like, if they wanted to go old school with the sound, that would work. I Then do the whole movie in black and white. You know, like what the monsters, even back in the day, they colorized or whatever. It didn't look right. But yeah, I guarantee you that if Rob Zombie wanted to do it in black and white, the studio would be like, no, because black and white movies are, you know, people don't go see them. I, I, uh, it, I hate to say it, but I think if this movie bombs, which it's on the path to do, uh, this is probably the end of Rob Zombie's directing career. And it was already on the path down like uh i think john squires said it very well on twitter that if you just look at the last 10 years it seems like rob has been kind of put to the side by big you know big companies mm. and i honestly i know there's a lot of love for house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects and I, I i agree i like those movies but you could probably say make a very legitimate case that rob has never made a good movie <laughs> i mean you could probably make a case for that you probably could, or at least maybe like it's with me. He's only made one good movie, and that's Devil's Rejects. Uh, yeah, Devil's I, Rejects is my favorite from him. I don't mind A House with a Thousand Corpses, uh, but I'm not so sure anything else from him is a good movie. Yeah, I know a lot of people didn't like Three from Hell. Three from Hell was shit. <laughs> it, it was that's bad. A lot of people's opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a bad movie. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, he hasn't. I don't know. There's people who like Lords of Salem, but like that was a long time ago too. Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of that one either. But if uh, I always hear that that's like his most underrated film, so be it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Huh. it's not. 
I was surprised too because I when he got announced as the uh, director of the monsters, I was like, oh shit, that's perfect. I was like, to me, I was like, yes, Rob Zombie should do the monsters. And then we get the trailer, and it's like, ooh, <laughs> what the fuck happened? I don't know. Yeah, <sighs> what do you do? You know, what do you do? But whatever, let's move on. That's a whole podcast in and of itself. I'm sure we can dive into that when it comes out. Yeah. <sighs> let's talk about the town of the dreaded sundown. Huh? Yeah. So, uh, as I said, this is a spiritual sequel, uh, or whatever the fuck you said that uh, small <laughs> paragraph that you said about it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, so the original, the town of the dreaded sundown is pretty close. I mean, it's probably one of these like more accurate, based on a true story films. Uh, unlike you know things like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and whatnot, it, it almost has a documentary vibe to it. It's, it's why it could be so scary. Uh, it's a story about the Phantom of Texarkana and the, the Moonlight Murders. Um, there are some things that are inaccurate, and like I mean, the day it started, for example, it was actually February twenty second. Uh, in the original movie, it starts on like March third, I think. Mm. Um, some of the murders are not accurate. All the names are obviously changed. Uh, yeah. Which I have a point on that that confused me a little bit in this movie, looking at it more closely this time around. Uh, like the trombone kill, it's very famous from this movie. That never happened. Um, you know, but uh, for the most part, it's it's one of the more accurate, I would say. The trombone kill, to me, is very goofy. <laughs> it was, well, In this movie, in like the sequel, it's it doesn't capture it the way the original did there's something very real about the original like i said it almost feels like a documentary at times mm. uh so yeah watching it in the original i think works better and this one it, yeah because you're you're adding more gore um and just up in the ante a little bit and yeah it just doesn't work as well but was there ever any reports on the phantom killers look because no they never caught him and like he I'm just wondering, like, because the, you know, his look with the sack over his head and the eyes cut. Did anybody ever actually see him and say that's what he looked like, or is that just that's yeah, just, that that just what they is went with? A great question. I, you know, in the original, the cops see him, uh, uh, but that didn't actually happen. Uh, he was just. I think somebody saw him. Uh, somebody who was at like the same Lovers Lane place. Hmm. Uh they they did say yeah so a man wearing a white cloth mask which resembled a pillowcase with eye holes cut out ah uh, okay so yeah uh and then some in the first the first killing that happened um uh, i forgot her name the real person i think it's mary mary jean larry i think that sound yeah uh, i believe she got away so oh, okay yes there you go. I see. This is not a true crime podcast, so I can't give you all the deets. Uh, <laughs> I, I know a little bit just from uh, over the years, you know. Uh, which so this is kind of where I, I get confused. So one thing I, I do know is kind of where the main suspects were. Uh, the first one was uh, I'm zoning out his first Yule. I think Yule Swinney. Yule Swinney. Uh, he was like a car theft uh person stole a lot of cars and shit mm. and uh any i think he like 
uh, counterfeited money. He was like the main suspect. Uh, in fact, his wife even like confessed it was all him. But then across different statements, her statements weren't lining up. So they ended up dismissing her entire like confession. Then she revoked her confession. So, yeah, he never got arrested. He ended up going to prison later because of the whole car theft situation. But, yeah, he was never arrested for the Moonlight murders. Hmm. So that's that's why he's so, you know, still unsolved to today. But I thought that's I thought I recalled that that's where this movie went was talking about Swinney and Swinney's grandson and whatnot. But it's not it's completely different the whole mccready thing that happens and uh, mccready having a, a grandson and all like it's just so much different than i thought so there's like no realism whatsoever about this movie aside from the fact that the screenings those are real those do happen every year uh since 2003 uh, i think it's called movies in the park it happens every year in texarkana and that's they they show a movie like every Thursday, I think from like May to October. Mm. And they always ended on like the right before Halloween. The last movie they show is the original, uh, the town that dreaded sundown. That's a little fucked up. It, 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 <laughs> dude, it, it really is. Um, and there are certainly people in the town. Like you see the people in the movie that are upset and saying like, dude, like, don't you know people really fucking died here? All that. Like, that's real. There have been complaints for years, but it is still an ongoing tradition. It, it happened last year. It's going to happen this year, and it's going to keep happening. It's probably the only thing that really brings outsiders to Texarkana beyond the fact that Texarkana is on the border of Arkansas and Texas. So that's fun. Uh, but <laughs> like one of the biggest tourist attraction type of things is the town that dreaded sundown and the Moonlight Murders. So, mm. yeah, I mean, what do you do? I, I thought he was even worse, though, because they showed at just a random park that I don't believe is related to the murders at all. Um, I thought they actually showed it on Lover's Lane. Oh. Which I, I know it's fucked up, and I know that you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> I I totally get the whole idea that, hey, um, uh, people died here, and this is a very real thing that we're talking about right now. Uh, but God, there is something that would be so cool about doing that. Yeah, it would be kind of like watching Halloween at the Myers house. Like the yeah, Myers or like house. Jaws in the water. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to do Jaws in the water because fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it just adds something very real to it. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is like real, real. Like people literally died like right where your car is parked and you're watching that murder on screen in a fictional way. But you're, I mean, that's it. It's being depicted it, on screen. It's kind of a way, like, I guess you could look at it as like you're, uh, was it glorifying what happened? Right. right. You're, you're, I mean, these people are literally monetizing these murders. Yeah. Also, you're, by showing that movie in the town, you're constantly reminding them that, like, this happened. Like, you're never, it's never going to be let go. Yeah. So people have to live with it and continuously live with it. And I don't know I, if there's any family members of the victims living in there today. There probably is, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to say though, since I, I mentioned monetizing the murders, um, although I'm sure they make plenty of money with tourists and stuff that are coming in, uh, which is probably one of the reasons they continue to do it to this day. But all yeah. those screenings for movies in the park, they are free. So yeah, you don't literally have to go buy tickets. They're not making money in that way. But that's, I mean, that's yeah. probably good. 
yeah. But yeah, uh, so yeah, that's like the real side of things. Well, we can just go ahead and, and dive in. Uh, and speak first of all, I forgot this movie was from Blumhouse, uh, and it sucks. This movie went on the because re- I think it's pretty good. There are yeah, things same. that I think are dumb. Um, it has moments of being a bad movie. Don't get me wrong, but overall, I enjoy the movie. Uh, it's from Orion, uh, same people that did the the Chucky remake, and, and that, Blumhouse. When that Orion logo came up, I was like, "Whoa, retro!" <laughs> it's yeah. like. Every time I see that logo, I think, oh, RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Blumhouse did it. So they kind of, uh, they've been, they've had they've been attached to a lot of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the thing is the movie released uh, back in 2014 and it only made like, I think like a hundred thousand dollars, $120,000 at the box office. Oof. And uh, as of, I don't know when this is let's see as of i don't fucking know it's only made like a hundred thousand dollars in home video releases so wow i wonder why it bombed so hard it, it really went under the radar and I, I text the moonlight murders themselves are kind of famous in true crime um but at the same time like the town that turned sundown is not that popular i mean it's hmm. it definitely is probably one of the more unseen classics and then even the look of the phantom kind of got stolen by jason and friday the 13th part two so now you you see that look and it often is not it's not like oh my god there's the phantom killer it's usually like oh there's jason that's jason yeah yeah Yeah, that's true i think the yeah the original town that dreads and that's probably more niche yeah it's it's very like uh Outside of Texarkana, it's probably to the wider horror community only known for like, I don't know, the most like, you know, hardcore horror fans, people who really dive in. So, yeah. And the thing is, the town that dreaded sundown, the original is considered, well, it depends on where you read it. Uh, some people call it a slasher. Some mm-hmm. call it just a thriller or horror. Uh, I don't think it's a slasher. I don't think you can give it that title. But it's on this. It's on the verge. It, it is definitely the path to Halloween because this movie came out. Uh, well, not this movie, but the original came out in 1976. So, what year did the murders actually happen? Uh, 1946. Wow. Well, there you go. And is that, is that right? Hold on. <laughs> I'm second guessing myself. Uh, yeah, 1946. They happened between February 22nd and May 3rd, 1946. And then, dude, it's so weird because as quickly as they came about, and I believe it's a total of five murders, yeah, five mm. homicides, um, they stopped and they were never to, to be heard of again. Uh, mm. so it's weird. There are some like theories about the Phantom Killer and then maybe uh, he went up to San Francisco and that's where those murders kind of came about. I think there's a theory that the Phantom Killer is also the Zodiac Killer. I think that's bullshit. I don't know any details on that, but but yeah, there's a lot of theories surrounding that. Oh yeah, I bet you could like dive deep into a rabbit hole about about that. Yeah, I I would say it's probably not a coincidence that the the Swinney fella uh, when he was arrested all of it kind of stopped, so yeah he would definitely be well yeah like they even say in this movie uh the woman's like oh the phantom killer's back and the guy's like he'd be a hundred years old like yeah he. Well, you don't know how old he was when he killed people well, he could have been like 12 at 12 
Uh, I think he was a. <laughs> that's a that's a tall twelve year old. Uh, but well, yeah, like, you did. Did you see the Phantom Killer? I didn't. I didn't see him. He could have been a very above average. He could have had giantism, I guess, and yeah. But um, but even so, even if he was like in his twenties by from nineteen forty six to two thousand thirteen when this movie takes place, yeah, he'd be pretty old. Yeah, he'd be like in his eighties. Yeah, nineties. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't be very spry. <laughs> yeah, yep, that is true. So, um. I think I had something else I was going to say, but I forgot. So let's just dive in. Uh, it, it kicks off in a pretty cool way. Kind of goes towards that very real vibe uh, that the original brought to it. Some mm. old like eight millimeter film. Uh, you see pictures of like, I believe the real victims, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> could be the could be the actor, the the actress from the original. I, I, I don't think yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough. I'm uh, uneducated. Um. But it looks like real crime scene photos. And then they show some uh, footage of the actual talent of Sundown, the poster. Um, and you're kind of getting a voice over this whole time about how this, the power of the phantom murder or the, the phantom killer and the moonlight murders kind of sticks around Texarkana today. And that's the legacy of the, this small town. Um, and all that transitions into this uh, projector screen. And then we, we have this really cool crane shot uh, that lifts up over the projector screen and we're at like a drive-in, and you see all the cars out there, um, people all sitting on the hoods of their cars. Very small drive-in, not many people there. Um, yeah. And that's where it brings in this realism type of thing. This is not how it happens every year. It's not at a drive-in. Uh, it's at a fancy park. I forgot which park it is, but yeah, we're at the Twin Star Drive-In in the movie. On the Arkansas side of Texarkana, it is Halloween 2013, and they're watching the town that drives to sundown. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, reminding you of what happened here. Yeah, <laughs> you'll never forget. And we we meet uh, the the first two characters like Corey and Jamie. Jamie with no e. Yeah, Jam- edgy. Uh, and of course, Jamie is uh, not a fan of the movie, and she's like looking down, not really watching it. And Corey's like, "Hey, you want to?" You not like this? And she's like, nah, I don't really like these movies. And he's like, well, we can go. She's like, yeah, really? Yeah. So they, they hop on out. Um, but we do, we do see another character here. I'm looking for the Reverend. Yeah. Reverend Cartwright. Reverend Cartwright, who is going around calling it this guy, this fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Calling it a godless film. Yeah, because uh, he's a reverend, so he's encouraging people to you know go to church and stuff. Dude, I, yep. I showed you the picture of my potential priest for my my wedding. Yeah, and this guy has such a resemblance to him, and <laughs> I was honestly getting kind of frustrated just looking at him. I was like, "Oh my god, get this fucking loser out!" I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Edward Herman, Herman. Yeah, Thank I'm not very religious. But if you don't know that, uh, I I don't judge anybody who is. Uh, in fact, my fiance is very much religious. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is why I have a, a, a priest for my wedding, uh, and I judge him very much. So you know, you know, like those stereotypes, like stereotypical Catholic priests. I don't think this guy's a bad dude. I think he's a great guy, unbelievably nice, probably too nice, makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just hits every goddamn bullet point. You know what I'm saying? Every yeah. fucking bullet point. So then I look at this guy and I see a resemblance, and I'm like, ah, God 
damn it. But he's a reverend. He's not a you know Catholic priest, so it's fine. Right? <laughs> we just hate him, though, right? From the yeah, start. we're just going to get every Catholic person that listens to the show extremely offended. Just know that I have to go to a Catholic church all the time, okay? At least go. my judgment comes out of experience. <laughs> That's right. I don't really That's give a shit what you practice. I need to make that clear. I'm not trying to be offended or offend people. Yeah. Just have a You're moment of silence. Let that sink in and then we'll silence on. for my uh, career. Uh, all fans gone. Uh, yeah. more, more importantly, though, the, they have the really nice Camaro SS there. This is Camaro, hmm. right? I don't know. I don't know cars. I think so. Um, he, uh, he hands out that pamphlet and everything. when he turns and he sees it, he's like, Oh, young man, this is a godless film. Uh, we see another, like a got blonde kid walk by wearing an orange shirt that says town, of the dread sundown. Yeah. And, uh, classy, but we see him again later, but, uh, um, Corey and Jamie, is that the, are dr- is that the college kid? Yeah, that's the same kid that they walk by later and then comes out dressed as the Phantom. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's just kind of there. You see him there, you see him here, and then, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, on the way out, Corey and Jamie are going, and the Reverend's like, oh, you, you're leaving. Good, good, leave this godless film. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, okay. And, uh. They drive off. They drive up to Lovers Lane, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're at the old Lovers Lane, which what a great idea! To this guy has got it down, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the end of the movie explains why very clearly why this happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, he he goes. He first he brings her to the screening of the Talent Dreaded Sundown in Texarkana. To is this? I don't. Is this a first date? Did they clarify if it's a the, first date for them? I think they do, but given because. <clears throat> later on she says oh i don't get asked that a lot so he asked me out and i wanted to be like you know nice and and make him or let him know i was thankful but it's like their first date and they they're in the car and they start making out heavily and he's like sliding his hand up her thigh you know i'm gonna go up her skirt and i'm like is this this is the first date yeah <laughs> you know, like, Damn. i, I want to say i want to say it's not not a normal thing, but I don't know, man. Kids these days. <laughs> Goddamn kids these days. I was in high school the same time this movie came out. Uh, never went to a lover's lane in my life, but I did go to some drive-ins where I never got any action whatsoever. So you know what? This movie's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say I know I went to school with kids where this could be a very realistic situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. That could definitely happen. But I was just like, she is our, you know, final girl. And yeah. She just seems to be very, like, if this is a first date, she doesn't seem like the girl who would, you know, do that. But well, maybe she is. Yeah, she didn't seem to have a, a problem with it. Here, yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. This is this is like a, a point to me because she, to me, she is not. She doesn't pull away at all. Uh, she she is not stopping him once the hand is going to the thigh and whatnot. Uh, hmm. As a young man, I feel like he's got. He feels like he has the green light. If she yeah. doesn't see the phantom killer back there, the doe dressed uh, sack head. If she doesn't see him, I, it feels like this would have continued. Yeah, it did. His hand was, was pretty high up. Like it was a little under the skirt. And she, you're right. She didn't like 
push his hand away. She didn't say stop. She didn't, she didn't pull away. The only reason, like you said, she says stop is because she sees the phantom. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I watched the scene and it, it seems consensual. Uh, yeah. And even when she does pull away, she doesn't actually move his hand. So that's true. Uh, but then later when she starts linking up with the Nick fella and he yeah. goes to like kiss her, there's a shot. There's like a flashback moment where she sees the hand on her thigh and it, it makes her pull back and like it, she gets kind of mean to Nick and tells him to get the fuck out of the car. So I'm like, yeah. wait, is that- she, tr- I, I, what is, what triggered her there? Is it yeah. the fact that she felt like she was sexually assaulted before? So she didn't want to get, she didn't want to be touched by another man again. Or is it because she still had feelings for the guy that she was getting frisky with? And I don't, dude, I really don't but, know what you're telling me there. I don't get what the, they're telling me. But then the next scene or not the next scene, but a scene later, he's that guy, Nick is apologized to her and she just kisses him. And then yeah. they have sex not too long after that. So it's like, and yeah, she has that flashback. It's like, wait, she didn't pull his hand away. She what? She didn't say no. She only stopped because she saw the phantom. So, uh, what are you trying to tell us here? Yeah, I guess it's, it's like, because she flashed back to that moment, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, 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 let, me, let me tell you why. Yeah, maybe that's why she has PTSD of just like the whole night. Uh, yeah, but like that moment to me is so important because that's the first kill of the movie that we're really seeing, and I think. For it to work, we need to like Corey. I, I think you you need to like respect him as a cool boyfriend and whatnot. Like I think we need to like him. And and the way he kind of goes down a hero, quote unquote hero, mm. it's like you you sh- you want to like him. So when w- she's getting flashbacks that almost seem like she's having like PTSD because of sexual assault, uh, it's like oh man, that guy's a piece of shit. So I'm like, how am I supposed to feel about Corey? It fucks me up. It it kind of it changes the whole experience of this first kill. That's why it's so important. Otherwise, it's like, ah, we can kind of skip over it, whatever. But because it is the first kill of the movie and how we need to like Corey, I don't know, it changes, changes the whole mood. <laughs> yeah, and it also affects the end, like the, the thing at the end. Yeah. So, we, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. So, I've... <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that that's weird. I it, what they were trying to get across, I guess, is that the kiss triggered her to remember that night when he was killed, but it's not the way it comes off. Yeah, why couldn't you just off. have, like, the sack head pop up in the face? Or, like, him dying? Like, do do with the shadow, like, the silhouette of him being stabbed again. Why do you gotta yeah. show his hand in her fucking crotch? Like, you, th- you threw me for a loop. I don't know what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I literally, by the way, when that when that flash happened, when I was watching the movie, and that flash happened. I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck was she? Was she not comfortable with that situation? I went back and watched the scene again to make sure I remembered it correctly. She was not against it. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, weird. Why did that happen? So that's why I, it's such a big point to me because I literally went out of my way to double check to make sure I was not wrong. Yeah. Um. Okay. But yeah, then there's a uh, she. So she does. She does pull away, but it's because she sees a dude dressed as the Phantom Killer standing in the woods who kind of very ominously fades off it's very like halloween but in reverse yeah i was like damn that's that's a neat trick how'd you do that yeah it looks like a fucking ghost it's a little it's i don't want to say it's confusing because we all know what happened you know they had a light on a fader yeah. <laughs> you know like, but it's like oh i mean that dude just kind of like faded out of fucking nowhere is he a goddamn 
Is he a ghost? Is that the real Phantom Killer back for revenge? <laughs> yeah. And the problem is it looks like a fader, right? Like yeah. in, within their universe of this happening, it looks like he just like turned the light down and stepped back. <laughs> yeah, you, you see him just like lower the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just pulling it down like we can see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like so they agree that they're going to leave, which they should have done faster. The second I saw that motherfucker, oh, I'd be like, dude. you know what, honey, we're leaving. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what I was saying. I was like, don't stand there and look at him do his little light trick. Get the fuck yeah. out of there. Yeah. Like, they like casually lock the doors. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> just, stop. Like, just turn it on and leave. What are you doing? Slowly bring up your hand, slowly lock the door and then pull it back. Which is like, probably like the moment we, because of that choice to not leave right away, we should probably instantly suspect Corey. But whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking, I was like, no, get the fuck out of there right now. But yeah. 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 But then he does, the Phantom does another little magic trick and all of a sudden is on the other side of the car. So right before they pull out, he shatters the passenger side window with his uh, revolver. Yeah. Which the only way he could have done that is as soon as he faded, he just fucking bolted. Because he's a like, ghost. It's the ghost of the real Phantom Killer. Or you're like, oh my God, there's two of them. But there, there are two of them. There are two of them, but, but one's in, in the car. <laughs> in <this laughs> so, scene, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Go he, ahead. He, you take the lead. Uh, he uh, so they shatter the window, or the phantom shatters the window. They he tells them to get out of the car. He's going to shoot Jamie in the face, and uh, so they get out and. The Phantom, he has them. He tells Corey to take off his pants, which I don't know why. It added nothing to the kill. Like, But he, he tells him to take off his pants and get on the ground. I was like, whoa, Phantom, what are you doing here? <laughs> what? Where's this going? And uh, he tells... I think that's something that happened in the original. God, it's been so long since I've seen the original movie, and I'm not sure about the actual events. I almost think that that may have happened. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Maybe so. I, Talk, dude, I literally, I get the real story in the movie mixed up. So it's like all fucking blur. Ah. <laughs> um, wait, were there credits in the actual story? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, but, that's the movie. But yeah. I will, I will say if someone were to tell, it told me to take off my pants, I would not just drop them to my knees, all right? I'm like, yeah, you're goddamn right. I'll fucking take them all the way off, get them past my shoes, throw them off into the woods. Like, no problem, sir. My bad. He just drops <laughs> to his, he just like slightly lowers his pants, like down to his knees. I'm like, <laughs> man, someone has to take off run. my pants with a gun to my face. They're coming all the way off. I'll hand them to him. I might even iron them for him. <laughs> I'd fold them. Here yeah. Nice. Here you go, sir. Here you go. Here you go. You like that? I can fold them differently. <laughs> He's just like, the killer's just like, oh, Jesus, just. Throw him on the ground. <laughs> Why is this a thing? But yeah, he uh, he drops into his knees, so now he can't run. Um, and yeah, he lays down on the ground, and he tells Jamie to turn around. And I was still wondering at this point. I was like, what, what's happening here? Um, but yeah, then he gets... Yeah, it, it uh, does come off very like he's about to fuck Corey in the ass. Yeah, it yeah. does. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's not what happens. That's he, not what happens. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he does get down on top of court but then he he stabs him uh, a bunch of times with the knife and uh jamie hears it and she does eventually turn around and the the killer's like you looked 
and uh, she takes off running. And yeah. that, that moment is the cool, the kill, although it's not legit, is kind of cool because uh, mm-hmm. she's seeing it like a in the silhouette. She's seeing a silhouette that's coming from the headlights. There's like the shadow on the wall. This like kind of cave, I don't know, cliff wall thing. Yeah, um, she's seeing all of it happen. So she's watching the silhouette of him being stabbed over and over again. Um, and by the way, man, I I know the kill is not real, and they they faked it so that you know Corey ends up being the killer and whatnot. But what the fuck? Like, we hear the stabs. She hears the stabs. At one point, she even looks back and sees the stabs. And then we, there is a close-up of the knife stabbed inside of his body just sitting there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even think they show us later when it's revealed how they did it. Like... I saw you die and it's like, are you sure? And like it, I mean, like they say like you weren't looking and they don't really show us how Like there is a shot, which I actually thought the shot was really cool uh, where we're really tight on Jamie's eye and we're still seeing the silhouette in the reflection of her eye. And then over her shoulder, we're seeing Corey get stabbed by the phantom killer. But dude, it is not fake. Like, clear as day there is a knife in this young man with like real (laughs) gore like what the fuck are you talking about yeah i don't i don't understand how they there was a dozen different ways they could have done this to show that he wasn't actually being killed uh i mean hello scream right right (laughs) you know but yeah i don't know i i don't know what they why they didn't have a clear way of showing other than he's actually being stabbed. And later he's like, no, I wasn't. Dude, and, you were. <laughs> Dude, and then, okay. Yeah. So she ends up running and taking off and the phantom killer starts chasing her and we're all in the woods and yay, fun horror chasing in the woods. But then there's a really quick moment where Corey's is, is all bloody and standing in the woods. There's like a flash of him as she runs by. And I was expecting there to be more of that. I thought it was like going to keep happening and she's going to keep seeing like the ghost of Corey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now knowing the end of the movie and that Corey is very much alive and is one of the killers, I wonder it was that real. Yeah. I don't know. And they, they never go anywhere with it. Like, no, she has she a dream later. Yeah. But it, she doesn't continue to see Corey throughout the woods. And I, so it's gotta be real. I would think it's real. And he's watching for some reason. Uh, but it still doesn't really make sense. I don't know. I can't really. How put... cool would that have been if she was seeing him throughout the movie and she thought it was a ghost and then and like... he was real the whole time? Yeah. 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 You ever it's seen uh, Gerald's Game? I've not seen Gerald's Game yet. No. Gerald's I know what game, it is, but uh, spoiler alert on Gerald's Game. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm not ruining everything in your life for this moment. Uh, Gerald's Game. That is basically what happens. Like. Uh-huh. She is chained. She's chained up, you know, and after a while she hasn't eaten or drink, uh, drink water or anything. And um, she starts, she keeps seeing like a monster in her house. And the whole time the dude, he was real. It was a a creepy, like deformed dude with giantism. I think he was like a massive dude. Yeah. He was real the whole time, which I was, I I couldn't put it together. Uh, It still didn't make sense to me. I've watched the movie like three times now. I'm like that. Fuck. That's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's bullshit like how because they even like the, the movie ends with them going to like court and stuff 
uh, with him as the defendant and whatnot. I'm like, guys, it, it, what a coincidence at the same time that her husband has a heart attack while having sex and she's chained up that this dude decides to go into their house. It's like, it's too much of a coincidence to me. Fucks with my head. Yeah. Whatever. There you go. Gerald's mm-hmm. game. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Uh, yeah. So chase scenes happening. Uh, he ends up catching her. Uh, he gets her like pinned to the ground and he says, he says to her, this is for Mary. Yeah. And dude, this is another one. If you know any of like the history of the original murders, I was so confused uh, because uh, the original, like the actual victim of the first attack was Mary Jean Larry. So hmm. I thought that that's what he was referring to. It's like, oh, it's a reference to like the actual attacks and uh yeah i i believe it was mary jean larry that got away from uh that first that first attack so actually i think both of them got away in the first attack nobody died jimmy hollis mary jean larry uh they were attacked but they both got away so i thought it was like a reference to that but of course ends up being like what his uh, grandmother is that is that it yeah i i think it's the grandmother of the like uh mccoy or what's uh, the name mccreed mccready yeah yeah so i was yeah i was so confused like mary hmm. could they use a different name like i don't know maybe they did it on purpose it's intentional reference to the the real moonlight murders but whatever hmm. i don't know overthinking it giving him too much credit i don't know uh but yeah she she ends up getting away and she makes it back to the drive-in. Uh, and it's like during the the trombone kill scene, she pops out underneath the screen, sitting there all bloody, and all the cars see her, turn their headlights on, and we cut to what I would assume is the next day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Lucky that she uh, ran back to the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone can see her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, do, we do cut to the next day, and then they... They report they find that body at the statue, right? The, the sack on the head and like uh, it's sciences remember, and it's Corey's body. Uh, though we find out later that it wasn't Corey, and the coroner and everybody in this town just sucks at their job. <laughs> yeah, the re- the reason behind so they deformed a face so you couldn't actually like identify him based on his looks, uh, and they just left a couple of Corey's teeth with the body. Yeah. That that was that. I don't know if it'd be that simple to trick a coroner. Maybe I'm wrong. Like you'd have to burn the body to pull something like that off. I feel. Yeah, and I feel like the person would have to be around the same age as Corey for the teeth to like match. Which I I mean, changing yeah, changing dental records and stuff like that's probably plausible. Um, it's not that that tricks me, but it's I feel like it's everything else. Like they're not going to check the body for. Uh, birthmarks they're not going to check if the feet are the same size they're not going to check fingerprints they're not going to check hair that's the thing fingerprints you can't do you can't fuck with fingerprints so yeah yeah. it's like they just hey we found the teeth so we're skipping every other step (laughs) i i'm not i was i'm not a coroner i don't know really what goes into like into specific autopsies uh and checking for a body it just feels like they would have done more based on the situation with the homicide and whatnot but i yeah i guess that's just one of those moments where you're like uh you gotta you gotta buy in it's gonna buy in let it go uh but 
we're introduced to Lillian, who is Jamie's grandmother. Uh, we find out that Jamie's parents are dead. She's living with her grandmother. Uh, yep. By the way, since we're kind of on the topic, I hate the whole Jamie's parents died in the same night that I got scared by a dude wearing a phantom mask. Like this, this is a moment that took me out of the movie entirely. Yeah, <laughs> very coincidental. She, yeah. Cause the, her whole story and why it, the phantom killer has been affecting her since she was eight years old. Cause she was at a slumber party and oh, the brother of whoever she was staying at came out in a phantom mask and scared them, scared her so bad that she called her parents to pick her up. And, uh, after picking her up, they got in a car accident and they died. And yeah. it's like, come on. <laughs> what just what are the odds? This, yeah, you have to give her this. It feels really forced. Yeah. It's a very forced feeling connection. Um for no real reason. I mean, why? Like the Phantom's gonna be scary and intimidating and you know, mess her up all on his own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just killed her boyfriend. Uh, I don't know if they were looking for a reason to connect Corey to Jamie. Like Corey had like some motive to go after her, which I don't believe he does. Right. Like there's nothing. It's random. He just says he doesn't want to be like his dad. Yeah. So I don't know. He just kind of picked Jamie, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Because at the end, they even say like the two killers who they were had no connection to each other, had nothing in their lives that brought them together. They just found each other. Yeah, so I don't know. It just seems really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely unnecessary. It's like, okay, we get it. Like, her parents dying was enough trauma to begin with that you know she has a history of being on antidepressants and stuff. Uh, so it just doesn't feel necessary to add the fact like, hey, Phantom Killer fucked her up then too. It's never yeah. gonna end. And she already lives in the town, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like it's it's fine. You don't need. To pile on, you know, dead parents and all this stuff. But, yeah, know, I, I, I don't really care that her parents died. It's just the way that they died. Yeah, the connection. Yes, yeah. it all connects back to the Phantom Killer. So, I, I wonder, uh, for anyone that lives in Texarkana who's definitely not listening, I wonder how much, like, these types of pranks actually do happen, though. Like, that seems oh. like something that would run randed. Like, everyone that goes to Lover's Lane, there's, like, fucking teenagers hanging out and wearing their phantom mask and scaring people. Or it's, like, an unwritten rule that you don't... We don't do that. We don't fuck with that history because how fucked up it is. Um, the tourists are already enough, you know? Oh, I would imagine. But you got to think there's probably some assholes out there who do it. But they, yeah. you run the risk of... I mean, if you walk around as the Phantom and like you're fucking with people, you're probably gonna run the risk of getting shot. Uh, yeah, especially arrested. dude, you're you're in you're on the border of Texas and Arkansas. Like, probably a lot of carrying happened out there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, if it was me, I don't know. I'd give you one warning, and then I'm pulling the trigger. <laughs> it'd be like, it, yeah, it'd be like those kids in Halloween Four that dress up as Michael Myers on the night when like Michael Myers is in the town. God, I wish Loomis would have shot one of those kids. Yeah, just to make a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck those kids. <laughs> yeah, don't do shit like that. Or, you know, when a gun does get pulled, take the mask off. All right. Yeah. Or, or, well, I guess when All right, first of all, don't do it to cops at all. Let's just not do that. Uh, yeah. Don't recommend it in a heavily carried state like that of Texas and Arkansas. Uh, and, you know, you got to draw a line. Okay. 
You know, don't don't have a weapon with you. All right, don't just raise a knife or anything like that. Yeah, just be just, safe when you're fucking with people. You know what I'm saying? Because those people don't know, especially if you're like Michael Myers is one thing. He's fictional, right? But if you go in the Texark and you're like you're gonna walk around as the Phantom, like uh, he was real, and people are gonna just assume that <laughs> you know uh, you might be a copycat. Like they don't know. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, a lot of carrying happened in those southern in Texas. Uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't, you ever seen like that. you ever seen Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh my god! Oh my god! What well, ruins my whole point? That that's kind of what Texarkana reminds me of. Uh, Whatever, go watch it sometime. It'll, it'll I will. I will track it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, let's skip ahead a little bit. Uh, Jamie, because of the situation, she do- she's doing more research on the town that turned itself down. And actually, uh, one of the victims she looks up is Mary Jean Larry. I didn't even realize that. I wasn't paying attention, uh, close enough attention while watching this time around. She actually looks up the victims of the original killers, and she finds Mary Jean Larry. So the fact they fucking show Mary Jean Larry, and uh, God, they had to know what they were doing with the whole this one's for Mary thing. Oh, yeah. They had to have. The question is why, though. I guess just to. Why does like I would say to throw you off, but like the the McCready thing is made up for the movie, so. Well, wait, there's not like a thing going on with Mary, Mary Jean, Larry, and McCready. That's not like another subplot, right? Like she didn't marry into like the McCready family or anything. They're not trying to pull that shit, are they? I don't think so. I need to. We need to go watch it again. I need to pick up the little details because they do, they do throw a lot of like bullshit at you out of nowhere. Now, here's a whole other guy that's never been listed on the news whatsoever. Never been in the media at all. Here you go. He's the real killer. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It, it's just weird to me that she did actually go out of her way to look up Mary Jean Larry. And yet uh, the whole Mary thing is like a whole subplot of the movie. I don't know. Whatever. Overthinking they, it, overthinking it. Yeah. They might even not even have realized it that they were doing that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um but, uh, okay, so skip to the next day and uh Jamie of uh, one we see her in therapy and she's basically this is where you kind of get more on the parents and that she was on a bunch of antidepressants. She doesn't want to be on anything anti-anxiety related because she's been on all of it in the last like 7 years. No, thank you. Um so we get a little bit of that story, and then she goes to, uh, or actually before, I think even the therapy, yeah, before all that, she goes to the funeral of Corey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she she goes to the funeral, and uh, she she walks in to... It's like a back room. Yeah, where the family is. Yeah. And I guess that was his father standing there, but like the mom, like loses her shit on her and i get it like her son just died she's full of grief and everything but i was like why why are you mad at her i yeah i i don't know Uh, listen i'm not a parent uh and i certainly haven't lost a child so i can't really tell you what how i would react with such grief uh i feel like most parents in this scenario though would have been like this was the girl my son was caring for 
and you know was i guess dating and it's not her fault she's traumatized too she was there like i feel like you'd have a lot more i feel like you even want to talk to her more you know and, and try to like give her some comfort and she's literally going in there i think she's actually doing a pretty brave thing here uh jamie going in there talking to her parents that she has some guilt too you know like yeah there's no way she doesn't right um so she's going in there and telling her parents or uh, Corey's parents like hey uh you know like he was extremely brave that night and and she i I imagine what she wants to say is that if it wasn't for him i'd be dead too yada yada Mm. um but she doesn't really get it out before her mom's just like oh you fucking slut like (laughs) yeah she's just like you're dead you're good my baby boy it's like i like again i get it you're like not even thinking straight your emotions are in overdrive and grief and everything but yeah, like, why are you attacking her? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like even if you can't listen to her properly or you know show her any like real respect, uh, you probably shouldn't snap on her. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you should know better. This know. is the other thing that I was thinking. Like they they couldn't have been that uh, involved or dating for that long because she's not. She to me, she didn't seem as emotional or as broken up about his death as it would be if they were dating for like a long time. Yeah, and the way she kind of like you know jumps over to Nick so quickly. Yeah, yeah, it comes off a little shitty. Uh, and I was thinking that while watching it, it's like I, I don't like when movies do that. You know, like you, you you just lost somebody who you cared for, and then you instantly are like, all right, I like this guy now. That happens yeah. in a lot of movies. Uh, like Stay Alive is a, is a good example of that. Um, I, I, that was a random movie I pulled out of my ass that probably none of you have seen. <laughs> but uh, that that happens in that movie. Like he loses his girlfriend; she just died, and then he like ends. By the end of the movie, he's dating somebody else. It's like, it, yeah, because it makes the person seem uncaring, right? And it makes them seem like, oh, she'll just hop on to the next guy that comes along. So yeah. it it doesn't. It's not a good look for your uh, main character, your survival girl, your final girl. So yeah. yeah. I, and that that feeling that I had about that escalated even further when she showed up to the like candlelight thing for mm. the next victim, and she's like holding Nick's hand while walking in there. It's like God damn it! I don't know. It just it seems like ah, fuck Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, especially because you're just like showing off to the town. Like yep, yeah, I'm moving on. See ya. Yep. <laughs> Found a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Don't worry, though. He won't last too long either. Yeah. Yep. That's very true. Um, I don't know if we're already introduced to him or not, but the uh, sheriff. Uh, excuse me. The, uh, or not the sheriff. It's the Texas Ranger. The guy. Texas Ranger. Um, Anthony Lone Wolf Morales. It's played by Anthony Anderson. And I was like kind of zoning out when he first came on screen. I was like looking at my phone and then I heard the voice. I was like, God damn, that sounds like Anthony Anderson. And I look up and it is him. I'm like, wait a minute. God damn it. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to take Anthony Anderson seriously as a as <laughs> That's a what wolf? I said. I know. I like I love Anthony Anderson. He's a great comedic actor. Yeah. Like he's so good. But like, yeah, when he's playing like this dead serious hardcore like Texas Ranger, I was like, Really? Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and he's he's not even he's not really even introduced in a serious way either. Like he makes that uh, a joke but you don't believe it or not i've never even actually seen the movie like it's just a little odd and yeah it's hard to take him seriously I, it's not that he does bad it's just 
that's just who Anthony Anderson is, you know? It's, yeah. You just, you just know him as like this funny guy and it's, it's hard to take him serious as this like hard, hardcore Texas Ranger. I it's the same seeing... reason why he doesn't work all that well to me in Scream 4. Uh, yeah. He, I think he has some serious moments in there that just don't come off the right way. Uh, and yeah. it's why like his death with the whole fuck Bruce Willis <laughs> fuck thing. It's, Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's just, it's a little too much. It's a little too much. So um, yeah, I don't know. Probably not a good really, casting choice. He doesn't really do a lot in this movie. He, no, no, he, no, no, <laughs> no, he, he doesn't. Talks and watches a movie and does some interviews and eh, that's kind of it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then, uh, I don't know, there's a little bit more between like the therapy and whatnot, but none of it really fucking matters, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> then we cut to the Texarkana Regional Airport, where we're introduced to a, a random couple. We see a woman walking into the airport, and it's a soldier returning from being, uh, I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where you'd be in 2013, but I don't know. Uh, Afghanistan? A little late. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I guess we still had we still had some runs in Afghanistan at that time. I guess we still kind of do. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. Deployment's confusing. But yeah, so he, he just came back from uh, being deployed and uh, we skipped to them and like they're in a hotel smashing. They have some fucking like <laughs> wild sex. Like he's I, vibrating like off the bed. <laughs> it, it, this is just like one of those moments in 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 movies where I'm like, this is maybe like my bloody Valentine moment, or just an over the top sex scene for no real reason. And <laughs> and it's not. Listen, um, I'm not judging my man's pelvic thrusting. I think uh, there are some guys that are probably that aggressive. That's fine. It's what's distracting to me is how quickly she fucking turns around. <laughs> and like spins on his dick and keeps going. She's like a top. Like she just woof spins right around. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It's like this is. Does anybody that makes sex scenes like this actually have sex? Like that, I seriously wonder. <laughs> they're like when they're writing that shit down. Like whoever the screenwriter is that wrote that shit down, they were like watching porn while doing it. Like they they did not take their real life experience of having sex. Uh, and apply it but nope we're going <laughs> over the top baby because this is what people want this is it i'm just imagining them filming that scene especially the, i, dude, I the was girl. thinking about it too i was thinking about it i was like man like because she had to be so careful where she put her arm like you'll notice she puts her left arm down on like his right thigh um mm. in order to cover up his cock <laughs> so uh yeah i always wonder how they shoot scenes like that because like how the fuck are they doing that scene without him actually being inside of her? Like, honestly, is he wearing, he's probably wearing like, um, skin colored underwear. I would assume. Yeah. Jeez, I think they, they call them not. like cock socks. I think is what they call them. But like a cock, a cock sock wouldn't really work in this scene. I don't feel like because yeah. his cock would still be in the way. I feel like he probably had to wear like probably some like tight neon underwear, uh, or nylon underwear. Excuse me. So I don't know. I just I think about it all the time. Man, how did you accomplish this without showing me like his straight up cooch or his balls hanging down? That's the thing. Like, there's there's definitely enough space from her arm and his crotch that his ball sack should be flapping around. All right. <laughs> Isn't it funny how uh, 
the, I guess this goes back to like the male gaze, but how male nudity, frontal male nudity is almost not a thing. But, in America. In, yeah, America. in America. But the female full frontal nudity is, you know, front and center a well, lot. Dude, honestly, full female nudity is not. Like, well, usually don't see the bottom, but we see a lot of tatas, uh, yeah. which I, I think it, it makes sense because it's like, I don't know. There's not, I know like men are very easily excitable and whatnot, but there's just nothing very serious about breasts. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, they're just, they're, they're feeding material for babies. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that's really it. Uh, there, there is nothing. The Western world has sexualized them. <laughs> no. Ex- exactly, dude. Like, there's yeah. you, you can't have sex with a pair of tits. All right, like, I, you, you know, what I'm saying. So, like, if I don't know, yeah, I, I think who really cares about seeing breasts? I, I for one, actually, I don't really like seeing full frontal female nudity either in movies. It's just like, Jesus, if I want to see a goddamn cooch, man, I'll go watch porn. Like, I don't need this. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to show me some tatas here and there? All right. I can support, but I don't I don't need to see the whole I don't need to see a woman spin around in someone's dick and continue to ride awkwardly. She's uh, fun, like woof full 180 degrees. I, yeah, I've, I've never really been into the whole full frontal thing. I, I think the scene in My Buddy Valentine where she is literally walking around straight up full frontal nudity, like I can see her vagina as she's sitting there with a gun with a scene with Todd Farmer. And like yep. it's one thing while they're having sex, but when she like walks out, we're having a whole scene. With her fully naked, I'm like, why? I, I just, I, like, yeah. yes, we all, uh, us straight men out there, yes, we all love uh, women's vaginas, but, like, I don't really need to see it right now. It's actually distracting me from the scene. I think we could just maybe even frame up a little bit, you know, just get tighter. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's the thing, too. You don't need to show her. You, just just shoot her from the waist up. Yeah, and it, there you go. And I, she, I don't know yeah. who is making choices like that. It's like, no, we definitely need the cooch. <laughs> like, uh, uh, not that it shows uh, those body parts in it, but the Friday Thirteenth remake sex scene with the video camera in the in the bedroom. People always talk about that one being a really wild, over the top sex scene. Uh, yeah, like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't know. It, it's weird. So I don't know. Not really for it. Also, uh, it, not to be judgmental on uh, the female breasts, but is there a reason when we do scenes like this that they happen to be such mosquito bites? Uh, it, it's weird because the two scenes that I think of when I think of like very awkwardly graphic sex scenes like this for no good reason, it's my buddy Valentine in this movie, and they're both just little mosquito bites. Who made yeah. the choice? Yeah. Again, going back to the Friday 13 remake, I guess that's one thing they didn't do. Yeah, that one. Perfect nipple placement. Perfect nipple placement. And we don't see we don't see any. Well, I mean, we get a lot of her ass. I ain't judging. Um, but like, we don't really. You get don't any see pull. any. Yeah, you don't see any like bottom. But I guess people always talk about that one for the length. I guess. But I mean, that like, scene go. is better than most porn I've seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, it is something else. It should be longer. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's another one that is a little it's too much so it is like distracting it definitely takes you out of the movie a bit uh, i always found it funny that he calls her dude he's like it's a fucking juicy dude <laughs> oh does he really i never even noticed that yeah he does. oh so juicy dude yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. good for him <laughs> <laughs> Good old Trent. uh 
yeah, he uh, that's something else. So the, yeah, that scene, I, 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 you know, like I said, it's better than a lot of porn I've seen. So it's hard to be like, ah, get rid of it. All right, <laughs> uh, but it's definitely a little too much. <laughs> a little too much. But uh, yeah, so these two finish their uh, wild sex, and the girl, she's like, hey, the machine downstairs has cookies. Can you get me some cookies? He's like, yeah, okay. So he gets up and puts on his pants and he goes for a walk and uh, it cuts back to her and she has like glasses of like champagne, I guess. And she has a ring box uh, with a ring. So I guess she was going to propose to him, which yeah, cool. And uh, good for her. Yeah. I mean, and she's obviously she... already the, clearly the dominant one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> The uh, but she hears a noise and she goes up to the window. And I really, really loved this. The fucking phantom holds up the dude's head in the window and fucking like uses the head to smash the window. I was like, ah, that's cool. That's fucked up, but it's cool. Um, so he decapitated that guy. Um, and then he he chases after her. And uh, she she runs out into the parking lot. Uh, she gets in the car, and then we get the usual, you know, trope. The car won't start, and uh, the Phantom gets in, and he splatters the windows with blood because he stabs her. Yeah, which, is it just me, or does some of that blood look like CGI? Oh, 100%. All the blood that hit the window looks CG, especially the last shot. I was like, yeah, that, that looks like the CGI blood. Coloring. Yeah, there's definitely a shot where, like, when he's pulling the knife out when it's inside of the car, that it's clearly CGI blood. So, you, I don't get why do this. Maybe they just want it to be more graphic when they're in post production and, like, fuck, it's too late now. So, they just did the best they could with some CGI blood. Uh, but to me, it, it, first of all, it's extremely unrealistic blood shoots. Um, yep. Not even just so much the way they look, but like the blood just shooting everywhere for no good reason. Like the first stab that happens and it shoots blood in the passenger side window, it would have had to gone through the phantom to make that happen. And it's just, I don't know, unnecessary for sure. Yeah. And it, never use CGI blood. Like we can tell it looks bad. At, at least for in, in an abundance amount. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. It, the best time to use CGI blood is things like, um, you know, if you're a gunshot. You know, that, that initial spray from a gunshot, if you do it right, it can look good. Uh, yeah. You can't just throw in, you know, these big gory splatters. And and for God's sakes, don't hold on it. <laughs> because the yeah. longer you hold on it, the worse it's going to look. Yeah. Yep. It's just not not a good idea. Um, but yeah, then we, uh, we cut to Jamie and she gets she's like laying in bed and she gets a phone call from Corey on her cell phone. Which yeah, is yeah, and it's uh, it's the Phantom, and he's telling her he's gonna keep doing it till that she makes them remember. I'm like, makes them remember what exactly? Because the, the they show everybody them, remembers. Yeah, because they show the movie every year. They talk about it every year. No one has forgotten. <laughs> so, I, I guess it's to remember the McCready thing, but like they don't even know who that is like the, it, until she like digs it up. So I don't know. Like remember what exactly? Cause it looks to me, nobody forgot. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the the whole. I guess I guess the point is yes to to bring back the McCready name or whatever, so people can actually know about that. And since it was never in the news or press or whatever, so Which I guess that's the point. Hinges totally on her wanting to do research, and she never did any research, and they wouldn't have found out. Yeah, thank God she's uh, she did her due diligence and didn't just leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if she just left town? You may be like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, especially because clear. we find out later that she has received two acceptance letters from, uh, I think, NYU or California. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cal- California State. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and she goes downstairs and tells the cop uh, that has been there. Uh, there's a cop watching her house um, all the time now. And uh She's like, oh, I feel like I need to tell someone. The cop's like, well, you just did. You told me. It's like, oh, well, good point. <laughs> All right. So we pick up the next morning, and uh, the police are finding the bodies of the soldier and the women that just died. And they're on, like, a fucking straight manhunt now. Yep. Like they, we, we see, I think, the mayor of Texarkana uh, has, like, a press conference. You see the double homicide report on the news. So the fear is getting back out there in Texarkana. But it's, I think it's funny. There's a shot. We see they're they're at the motel where that couple was staying, and we see a cop like walking to the door where they were. And then they pan over to a bunch of other cops. They're like jumping towards a fence. Uh, um, sorry, I got distracted again. All right. Um, <clears throat> Okay, yeah, but yeah, you see, you see all these cops are jumping like towards this fence, and one cop just full blown leaps over that bitch with no problem. <laughs> the one it, athletic it, cop. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the one guy, the one guy who trains every day, just waiting to jump over. Yeah, the fence. I wish I, they would have shown the shot longer because I'm not sure if he makes it. <laughs> you know, like I see him get to the top of the fence, and then it like cuts away. But I bet you, because just based on the wooded area that he's diving into, oh my god, there he he dove into a goddamn nest for sure. He just he's wrapped up in a bunch of vines right now to this day. Yep, he's <laughs> still there. So they just left him like, nope, that's what you get for showing off. Yeah, uh, they 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 show all this footage of. Uh, people across Texarkana, like you know, covering up their windows, going to the gun ranges, things like that. Speaking of which, the gun ranges literally are using <laughs> phantom cutouts. Yeah, phantom <laughs> targets for people I to shoot that. at. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, uh, and yet <laughs> he wants people to remember they're using fucking targets of you at the shooting range. Like I think they remember. But yeah, I thought that was funny too. Yeah, Jesus, it's just, uh, it was, it's just a, a little over the top. Actually, the first, yeah. the town of Dreaded Sundown did the same thing. Uh, there was a run. This It's very real that people did go out and buy guns and start preparing themselves more. But it was like several months after the murder started happening. I think it, that didn't really happen until like May, like right mm. towards the end of the murders. So, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, one murder or the second attack. Oh, shit, everybody. <laughs> Raid the gun store. <laughs> yep, lock up. Uh, yeah, I get it though. I mean, a small town, scary shit happening. If it keeps happening, we're screwed. 
All right, so then we're in like a town hall meeting, and the whole goddamn town's there. Yeah, they're they're in like a the theater. I think it's like the Paro Theater or something. Still on yeah, the Arkansas so. side. Yeah, uh, but everyone's very pissed off. <laughs> That's what yeah. I got from this, and I I think this is probably a reasonable reaction from most people. Uh, I don't. It is kind. I don't know, man. It's just so hard to compare when you haven't actually experienced something like that yourself. Yeah, but yeah, they're like pissed off at the authorities. Like, we gotta do something. What if it's the same person? It's like, well, he's a hundred <laughs> years old, dog. <laughs> he's like, he would be a hundred years old. Like, <laughs> it ain't him. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they do all these interesting close-ups here, where they kind of like silhouette around um, <laughs> the the mouths that are talking and yelling at the the folks up on the stage. Mm. And then they show like the crowd's reaction on the other half of the frame. It's very stylistic. It's it's weird, but I think it does a good job like getting the point across that the this is the mouth of the community yelling at everybody. We're all on the same page, I guess, is what they're yeah. going for. It does look yeah, it does look good. It's a cool way to do that. Yeah. Um but then we uh, we go to Jamie. She is uh, going to City Hall, I believe, looking for more, I don't know, news articles. Yeah, more info on on the uh, on the, the case, the killer and everyone. And this is where she meets uh, Nick. Yeah, and Nick. Nick is working at City Hall and he like guides her to what she's looking for. Yeah, as he tells her, it's all down in like the basement behind this big locked door, and uh, yeah, she goes in and she's like, he's like, yeah, here you go, and she goes in, she's looking around, and then he comes back, <laughs> like creepily comes back, um, against like this cell door, and he's like, hey, I remember you. He's like, we were in class together. You know, I just wanted to see if you were okay. He's like, you're you're Jamie, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're Jamie, aren't you? Yeah, it's a it's a little, a little weird. Uh, I mean, they're they're trying to get us to kind of think, oh, he could be the killer, right? But right away, I was like, not nah, dudes a red herring. Like he's not the killer. They're trying way too hard. Oh him. yeah, I don't think I even ever made him a suspect in my head. Yeah, I was like, nah. Even when he says like, because they mentioned something about some someone's dad dying, and then like. Nick says, oh, my dad died last summer, like last year. And this, uh, the person they find, he died last year. And I was like, I, you're, they're trying to make us think that he's killing it's, it's not, like, not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd have been shocked if he was the killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. doesn't work. Um, but yeah, he, I don't know. Uh, he's clearly attracted to her. Like the second you, the second you hear him talking, you're like, yeah, okay, we get it. Love interest. Love it. Yep. Uh, then we get like a cool little montage sequence where Jamie's doing research and they do, a, it's clearly CGI, but they do some like more reflection stuff in her eyes with like the texts of the, the screens and all this stuff, a little over the top, but kind of neat. So yeah. They, there's another thing they do in this movie. They do cut in sporadically, like pieces of the original film. Like there's just scenes that just flash in, or news pieces and stuff that uh, are shown from the original movie. 
Yeah. It's like, eh, it's kind of neat. Yeah, because this, that's a thing, man. Like, this killer that is, you know, recreating the murders and whatnot, he's not recreating the murders of the actual, the actual Moonlight murders. He's recreating the town that dreaded sundown. And I think yeah. that, I think that was a mistake by the filmmakers here because this whole McCready storyline is that yes, this, this guy was the real killer who got away with it. I am his grandson. I'm recreating them. So like the trombone kill being in the movie, I know it's the perfect homage to the original, but since it's not based on anything very factual, uh, it probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. Because it, yeah, you're just homaging the movie. Yeah, that's much in the actual story. Uh, yeah, that's like deep diving. So, eh, so be it. But I'm just saying, you know, if you really yeah. wanted to to make sense out of the the killers and their motive, that's what you would do. But whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. So, Jamie does end up getting like into the security cameras of the motel. Which I or not Jamie, excuse me, uh, um, Mr. Lone Wolf. Yeah, uh, Anthony Anderson. Yeah, so they end up getting the security cam from the motel. They see uh, the soldier getting his head cut off. They see him carrying it down the, and you know throwing it through the window and shit. So, yeah, and I, I don't know if Anthony Anderson really says anything here that is all that you know worthy of discussion. It's basically like ah. We got a we got a copycat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you got another one. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's really just kind of there. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot. He's just sitting around, standing, sitting, standing, talking. So then we pick up with uh, Jamie. She meets with the, like the whole police department and kind of. Which, by the way, I think from her perspective, this would be terrifying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, cause she she's just kind of put in front of every single cop in the department. It's not like a one-on-one private meeting. It's just every single motherfucker is sitting in there <laughs> listening to her and the evidence that she found and theories she made. And uh, I don't know what his deputy name is, but the dude, the one played by Gary Cole, um, who's in like, I think supernatural and uh, he's in dodgeball. Yeah. He's and... in the the good wife, the good fight. And... Yeah. He's in, he's in something else that I know. I think his name's Tillman. Tillman, that, yeah, that sounds right. I don't know, he's not wearing a name tag in this scene for some fucking reason. Um, the guy's getting his dick sucked later, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he's being like really disrespectful. He's sitting there like chomping down on food while she's giving these theories. Uh, but they kind of dismiss everything she finds. They're like, yeah, we went down this this rabbit hole as well. Yeah, because um, they say the guy died and they say the son died too. Yeah. Which, what guy is she referring to? It's kind of weird that the theory that she throws out is very similar to the actual like theory that happens. I think she's talking about the dude who's the carjacker having a son. Oh, so they're actually being him. they actually talk about Swinney? Yeah, I believe that's what it is. They talk about him because they mention a car thief. Oh, uh, see, that's that's a, the real suspect. That's legit. Yeah, that was arrested, and they say, "Well, you have a son," like me, and they're like, "Well, his son died in a bar fight." That's true. I had to look that up. I don't know if I have time at this moment, but I'm curious. Like, yeah, did he actually have a son that died in a bar fight? Who the fuck dies in a bar fight? (laughs) 
the guy who lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's several questions about that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, she kind of like dismisses all her theories then, not going the way she anticipated. And she goes back home to her, her grandmother's and uh, what's his face? Nick is sitting there kind of waiting for her. Uh, I think she forgot like one of her books or something, one of her folders. Or he brought her more. I don't fucking know. Who cares? Yeah, he uh, he brings her he brings her more stuff. Uh, oh, more for the research, I believe. What a great guy! Uh, mm. It's funny, like as he's sitting there, you know, being introduced to uh, his her grandmother. She's like, "You going to college? Huh? Are you a fucking loser or not? Hmm? Do you have yeah. anything going for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just grilling him right there, and um." I hate yeah, that, by the way. Parents should try to avoid that. I know I know you want the best for your, your kid and, you know, want them to be with somebody. But first of all, I hate, especially in today's world, like college just doesn't mean shit anymore. No. You know? So I asked somebody like, well, are you going to college? Are you going to do something with your fucking life? It's like, well, I don't need to go to college, do something with my life. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, I mean, today they make their living online, right? So. Right. And you in college, like. It is certainly for some folks, uh, and if you're like specializing in something and whatnot. But me, man, I spent you know what feels like a quarter million dollars on school, and I have never applied my degree once. So, like my Same. my courage, like with boss team, nobody asked me about my fucking degree. Yeah, they asked me what my real looks like. You know, like what what am I capable of? And all the stuff that I have learned over the years between like graphic design and video editing and. Uh, Social, like hosting and things like that yeah none of that came as a result of school so yeah i fucking hate i hate school <laughs> i like learning <laughs> i like learning i hate school system yeah yeah not not a fan not a fan yeah. no uh okay what else happened in this fucking movie <laughs> some people die <laughs> I think we're, we're pretty much at the point where uh, we talk. We're at that scene I talked about earlier with uh, them going to the candlelight memorial. Yeah, for the, the soldier that just died and his uh, lovely women and uh, Corey. They're they have a candlelight for Corey as well. Yeah, uh, and Jamie and uh, Nick show up, and there's some like military people there too for the soldier, and right. uh, they're like sitting there and they're like holding hands and. They're standing at the vigil and everything. And the phantom walks out. I thought this was like a hallucination in her head. I didn't didn't think that he was like actually there. And then when he was, I was like, what? Is he really that fucking stupid? And then uh, the soldier shoots him. I suppose again, out shoots him dead. The cops jump on the soldier. um, And they pull off the mask. And it's that blonde haired kid. That you see earlier in this scene uh, when Jamie and Nick are just walking up the hallway. He walks by them and you saw him at the beginning uh, wearing a shirt that said Town Dread Sundown. He has no lines. Uh, you could easily miss him in both scenes. Um, but, but- by the way, this I I know this is probably unintentional, but it's just another like, oh, he likes horror movies and wears horror merch and he's a fucking killer. Yeah. Oh, he's he's not mentally right. He likes to the town of the dreaded sundown. <laughs> I, I yeah, hate it. Fucking hate I, it. I hate it too. Why does every collector have to be put? I don't. know. If you're not a, like a real horror fan or whatever, you you just judge those people instantly. You know, 
so dumb. I mean, like, I, there's so many people in the world that even in, like that I know, maybe even, like in my family, um, that you know they look at like, wow, look at all these losers at horror conventions. Who would go to a horror convention? That's just scary and weird. And no, yeah. it's not. No, oh, it's actually a really fun time with really nice people. Yeah, like um, stop it. Get some help. So I, yeah. I don't know. I I, I I get that's not what they're saying. And he also was not trying to hurt anybody. Uh, he left a suicide note. His intention was to get shot by the cops there. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a you know murder suicide goal. Like he literally just went there to hold a knife up and get shot. So yeah, uh, that's one I way guess, to do it. Yeah, I, I if you're if you're saying all horror fans are suicidal, fine, but don't say all of us are killers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the guy in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, there's like this banquet thing going. I don't even know. What is this banquet for? Is this part of the memorial thing or not? <laughs> I don't know, but it doesn't seem very lively. Everybody's very quiet, just kind of eating and <laughs> talking. They got this like low uh, music playing and. Yeah, I don't know what it's for. And the sheriff comes in, like, whispers to the mayor, yeah, we got him. And the mayor's like, hey, they killed the guy, the phantom, so all's good now. Let's play some music and start dancing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, uh, which, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, they, they never really announced that they didn't get him. Like, we find out that it wasn't him because the cop that's protecting uh, Jamie tells him that it was, like, a suicide. Yeah, which I guess I didn't find out till the next morning, but yeah, uh, yeah, I guess they're trying to keep it on the down low, I suppose, to you know bring some uh, norm to the town to calm them down a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> you hate to see it. Um, yeah, then uh, what? What the? There's a a trombone play, both trombone players. Now a trumpet, a trumpet player, and a trombone player. It's a very very important detail. Yeah. Um, we see instantly that they have a little bit of relationship going on because they kind of eye each other down while blowing their tubes and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's yep. the first thing I was thinking. I was like, this is going down a blowjob route right away. And sure enough, bro, they, they get in their convertible piece of shit car right off to like a junkyard. junkyard. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, well, I, dude, this movie, there's a lot of not very uh, subtle subtext happening here. Uh, so they drive off into this junkyard and they park right in front of a big ass banner of the Reverend. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And the gay kids are having to be right in front of the Reverend. Okay, cool. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. looking down. Um, so, yeah. And then they have this kind of very weird, awkward. Not, it, yeah. It's not weird, but it, it's awkward. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, it's like, you want to suck my dick? It's like, well, maybe we should just jerk, jerk off. Let's just jerk off next to each other. You know, baby steps, which actually, you know what? I think is fair. I think, I mean, this is probably their first legitimate, like. That's what I was getting. It's their first time. With, like, yeah. Like actually yeah. with another man, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So to, just to jump to the blow job might be. Take it easy. Huh? All right. <laughs> baby steps. Come on now. Baby steps. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but before, you know, they, they actually uh, get any action going on, uh, the moon the moonlight killer says the phantom killer pops out there and he i do they could have they could have gotten away they could have gotten away it, it, they could have the one dude uh the one kid he's 
gone. Like he's, he's a phantom killer. He's like, go, go. And he hops out of the car and he's just gone. Yeah, and he's yelling. He's like, drive the car, drive the car. And then he jumps out of the car. It's like, well, what the, what's the <laughs> point? What the, where are you going? <laughs> um, yeah, he jumps off. And then the, the other kid, uh, he gets the car started, starts to drive. But while he's driving by, the killer hits him. I, I really don't even know how he actually stopped him. I like, thought he just like drove into a wall. Well, he gets clubbed <laughs> in like the back of the head. That's why he oh, stops. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I thought he from I thought when I was watching, he just backed up, drove into a wall because he was like scared. Now, he but, definitely gets hit in the back of the head, but it's it's def, it's got to be a blunt weapon because there's no blood or anything. Yeah. Uh, but this it's, is and this is an important point. This is why you don't drive fucking convertibles. All right. He it's doesn't true. get touched there if he's driving, you know, a car at the top. That's true. So, valuable lesson. Important safety tip. <laughs> yeah, you also could, you know, then lock the doors and been totally fine. Yeah. But and you would have no. gotten away. The other dude would have died because he decided to bolt for some reason. Well, but... he wouldn't have been able to jump out as easily had he not oh, been in true. a convertible. So. so, the convertible is the blame, really. For It absolutely is. Never drive one of those. <laughs> Uh, death traps some fucking things <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah that kid uh the kid that got smacked in the back of the head in the car he is i guess out cold but then uh, the kid's running off he fucking just takes off run- which by the way i don't know man why would you leave him behind <laughs> why would you leave the man behind like you you, you could have double teamed him or something i just selfish yeah bastard. i i don't know he was just like Fuck this. <laughs> he just took off. He had no care in the world for what happened to that guy. Yeah. You, why would you why would you leave a guy behind like that? Uh, but yeah, he, while he's running off, he ends up getting stopped. He runs into the, the killer who, I guess, stabs him, right? Like right away. He gets stabbed. Slashes his face because his face is fucked up the next time you see him. Yeah. Yikes. Um, but then we cut to black there when he gets slashed in the face. And then we see the phantom killer taking the trombone out of the back of the convertible and tying the or taping the knife onto it so we can recreate that kill from the original movie and i didn't think that the when he's like killing him putting the knife in his back there's a shot where you see his back and you see the knife go in and it looks really fake like it looks like the knife is going into a a hole that uh isn't his back but just like is where it's supposed to go for the effect yeah, I thought it just looked bad. Yeah, I, I did. I don't really think any of that is done very well. No. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, so during that, you know, he's he's tied up to like this pole um, right before he's about to kill him with the trombone, and the other kid comes out. He got slashed in the face. He starts crawling out, and then uh, the dude that's tied up. First of all, he's like, "Hey, run!" You know, he, he's all around been the hero here. He didn't run off. He didn't, he didn't leave his man behind. All right. So he's like, yeah, get just get going. I'm fucked. Run. Uh, yeah. But then dude, the Phantom Killer pulls out his like silence pistol and shoots him. This is a long shot. Just saying like, it's not crazy, but it's a it's a good distance away. And he never even really sights up. He just kind of pulls it out one hand and hits a perfect headshot. Like, yeah, that's like fucking guy quick scoped. <laughs> he just boom. Yeah, like that's With not an easy on. shot, dude. He's like 30 yards away. Uh they're at a height difference and yeah, he just one hand pulls that bitch out and shoots him in the face. Like, god damn. 
not to mention he's wearing that mask. So his right. peripheral vision is like not non-existent. <laughs> so yeah. I, mean, I guess you don't need peripherals for a gun. I mean, you're looking straight forward, but still. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I just mean like the, that's true. But like the sack being in his eye or like it just, you know, it's all around just a pretty wild shot. So uh, good for him, I guess. I don't know. Well, I guess he's a cop, right? This is the cop. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's no telling. I don't know which one's which at all in the movie, but yeah, then we get the trombone kill and yeah, he dies. R.I.P. That's that. Um, but then, like you already mentioned earlier, we cut to the, the next morning and we're back with Jamie, who's seems like very at ease. Uh, she, you know, she goes up to whoever the deputy is, is. I don't know what deputy that is. Is that the killer deputy that she talks to? No, it's not. Is it? I don't even fucking know. <laughs> no, I think it's the one that's just watching her house. They all look the same. I don't yeah, know. They do. They do. The cop's a cop. Uh, but yes, the cop that is out front of her yard kind of watching over her. She goes up and talks to him and is like, wait, you know, there's a chance that it was still him, right? Like it just because it was a college kid that was suicidal doesn't mean, you know, could have been him, right? Uh, and then he's like, hey, I didn't want to tell you this, but you should probably know that there was another double homicide last night and we're pretty confident it was after that kid killed himself. So you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're fucked. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that kid. Have a good time. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> I see you later. Watch you driving. <laughs> Watch you driving. <laughs> uh, classic. Classic. Um, all right, where it happens after that, we get a scene between the sheriff and our lone wolf Anthony Anderson, and it's uh, it's kind of supposed to be like a emotional type of scene. The sheriff says that he lied to the parents of uh, the kids that just died and said that, you know, they were dead before all the pain. You know, they didn't, they didn't feel much before the bodies were kind of tortured. Yeah. Uh, he was lying. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, and Anthony Anderson's character just says, yeah, we can, we catch him. We kill him. That'll make it better. Give him some peace at least. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> maybe, maybe some closure at least, I suppose, but I don't, it's not going to bring your kid back, you know? True. Um, but then we get that scene that we were talking about earlier where Jamie and Nick are in the car and you know, they're just talking like people talk, uh, having a nice little moment, uh, bonding. That's they're bonding. Bonding. And Nick uh, misreads a signal, I, I suppose, and goes in for a kiss on Jamie. And she well, that's when we get the weird flashback shot of Corey putting her hand, his hand on her thigh. Uh, and then she pulls away and she's mad at him and kicks Nick out of the car. And yeah. So that's where all that confusion I talked about earlier comes from. Yeah, and it doesn't last long because, like you said, in the next scene she, or in scene later, she's kisses him, and you know, I did think. Sex. I, I I will say I know Jamie's reaction is probably a little. Well, I guess it's it's justified. It's, I I don't I don't know whatever the fuck happened in the first scene. Whatever. Uh, I think Nick's reaction is probably a little too much. It, I feel like he should be more understanding. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, kicking him out of the car sucks and whatnot. Uh, but he should realize, you know, that this girl who is going through a traumatic event, uh, if she reacts in such a way that she doesn't want to kiss you, you should instantly be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I That was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I, I you know, should have read your, your cues a little bit better. I don't know. It's anything. He shouldn't be mad. And then when she asks him to get out of the car, you know, he slams the door. And, I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it's an overreaction. Like, because <clears throat> it makes him, and it kind of makes him come off like, oh, you bitch, you gave me those signals. Like, you, you know, you shoot me down. And, you right. know, it just makes him seem kind of an asshole. But. Yeah. He does apologize the next day, which I suppose helps. Uh, but it's still just, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, when he apologizes, she just grabs him and kisses him. And, you know. yeah, we're, we're all good to go. Yeah. yeah. So, so what was the point of that? <laughs> because, because yeah, they just make out and then they have sex. So, mm. yeah, there's, yeah, I don't know. Just so she has a relationship, so that when he dies in like two scenes from now, it hurts more. I don't know. Yeah, his death bothers me. Not that he died, but that. He's such a fucking idiot that he's like, oh, I'm going to walk home in the dead of night by myself when there's a killer on the loose. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a good way to die. Yeah. Tillman, whatever, I think his name is Tillman, and the lone wolf Anthony Anderson, they kind of have a conversation that is basically confirming that they're recreating the scenes from the movie. And so they know that the next killing that should happen should happen at a farmhouse. All the yeah. then, you know, he's like, "What well, do this whole fucking town is farmhouses?" I don't know. <laughs> yeah, every house is a farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it, is that when they go to? We see Tillman go to the bar. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, is hitting on a, a young lady there. Yeah, and it cuts to kind of a close-up shot. With that, with Tillman and them in the background of uh, uh, Charles Pierce Jr. sitting there, the son of the director. That's right. He's sitting there. It's a close-up of him with them in the background, and and then it. Um, That's the is that the original director though? It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, that. Charles Pierce is the original the town the dreaded sundown director. Yep. So that's pretty cool. I wonder how he feels about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It does it does really twist around the the story of the Moonlight Murders and whatnot, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, we cut to I guess Tillman's farmhouse, uh, and he he's getting his dick sucked by the chick from the bar. Good for him. Yeah, and quite a. It's not. It's not graphic. It's not graphic at all. But it goes on <laughs> for a bit. I'm just like picturing the actress who's like doing that scene, like making that motion <laughs> for for so long. It's funny yeah. when he uh, she's like doing it, and he's like you know laying there and everything. He like the camera is showing him from the side, and he reaches over toward his gun 
that's laying on the table. And they're like, oh, is he going to reach for his gun? And he like moves his gun out of the way and grabs a beer. Yeah, I thought that moment was unnecessary, too. It's like, uh, what are you trying to are you trying to trick us? Oh, my God, he's actually the killer. <laughs> he's going to kill her. He's going to shoot her in the fucking head while he's getting his dick sucked. <laughs> Come on. Like, what? I know. It's like, what are you doing here? Like, he's yeah. not the kid. Eh, whatever. And um, so he, you know, he takes through his beer and he's enjoying. And uh, all of a sudden he gets shot in the eye. He's dead. Yeah. And, uh, and then the girl, like, looks up and uh, she sees the phantom in the window. And he shoots her in the gun. She runs away. And uh, he chases after her. She's, like, out in this long fucking... Uh, grass in this field and she's like crawling and making her trail and he's walking making another trail and you do these overhead shots uh, you like we can see the trail that each one is making and like they're so close to each other but like yeah. they're not finding each other very distinct trails by the way I don't know if it'd be like that in real life but yeah, eh, what do I know and uh, she's getting away like or she's like hiding he can't find her and then she gets to a scarecrow and she screams and uh, he finds her and then he, you know, stabs her and kills her. And it cuts to the next morning. There's this couple coming out of the a house and like the dude looks over at the scarecrow and he replaced the scarecrow with her body. So she's like strung up on the, the cross type thing that the scarecrow would have been on. Yeah. And he just looks at it. Like his expression never changes. He, he's just like, huh, that's weird. Maybe he thought it was a scarecrow. Maybe bad eyesight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it that's a little, little bit of a weird reaction. Uh, you know what? Just uh, just kind of drives me nuts about Tillman getting shot. I, I don't like the movie trope where if you have a silenced pistol, nobody will fucking hear it. Yeah, like a silencer on a pistol. It's not even. It's not even called a silencer. It's called a suppressor because it does not silence shit. It slightly suppresses. Uh, it like not much, dude. It is like very minimal decibels that it yeah. it dampens that sound. So she definitely one would either heard the gun, which I think she should have, or she'd heard the glass shattering or the glass being hit by the bullet. I I don't know. It just, it's so weird to me. She has to look up to figure out that there was a gunshot. Yeah, like that close, you would have heard it. You would have heard it go through the window. The window itself isn't silenced. Yeah. It's like you would have heard the glass break. Yeah. It's <sighs> a little odd, but whatever. Um, so then, uh, we don't we get like a, like a behind the scenes type of moment? Where yeah, with from the town that dreaded sundown, the original. The, it, from, I believe it's that same shot. After the dude sees her on the scarecrow, it zooms in on the house, and it kind of moves around and yeah, it recreates the filming of that scene in the original where the Phantom Killer shot through the window. Which I don't really get why that scene just kind of happens. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, but yeah, then uh, Jamie and Nick. Uh, go off to this dude's house who uh who even is this guy 
Uh, they isn't it the director's son? Isn't that where they go? Oh, yeah. Jamie uh, and Nick. Yeah. Charles Pierce Jr. Yeah. He lives on a boat. He lives on a boat. On land. On land. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems like a missed opportunity. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. He, Charles Pierce uh, Jr., the original director. It's not the actual guy, by the way. It's played by Dennis O'Hare. But yes, the original yeah. director's son, who... Uh, has all this talented sundown memorabilia and stuff, uh, yeah. including like I guess the ori- actual original mask, which is that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like you can touch it if you want to. She's like no, no, go ahead and touch it. No, 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 I don't want to. <laughs> Dude, I, I was thinking like this is every horror collector's like showing their friend that hates horror movies moment, like their collection. Yep. It's like, yeah, oh, oh no, man, go ahead, take a look. You're gonna it, you, come on. That's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> Love yeah. it the way I do. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing with my fish hat for the rest of my life. Good times. <laughs> um, yeah, they're kind of in there uh, talking about theories surrounding who the killer is. And this is where the whole McCready breakdown happens that the original killer was whatever McCready and he got away with it. I, I don't even understand like the train portion, like the body that was found at the train cut up into pieces and yeah, dude, it's, it's always confusing every time I watch this movie. Yeah. I was confused too. They said that the last kill happened when the dude they thought they did it, who was the carjacker was in prison. And like, then this other person did McCready, I guess did it. And yeah, I don't even know if like that kill is based on anything factual. I don't know if that is true or not. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, then he's saying that the grandson or the the son of McCready didn't have the balls to continue to the legacy. It. Yeah, but the grandson did. Yep. So that's, yeah. And Mrs. <laughs> McCready said she would make the town pay for like slandering her husband's name. Yes. And that's why they, yeah. And he wants revenge. And, but how do they um, even slander his name since he didn't do it? Or, or they, they never even like reported on him. Yeah. Maybe because he's forgotten. Maybe that's yeah, maybe, why. Maybe that's like, he deserves the credit for all those murders. <laughs> God damn it. We watched this movie. I know it sounds like we didn't, but we did. It's just I always I always thought that this explanation that comes from him was confusing. Like I can't. It's hard to break down what he's actually saying, especially because it's all people. Everything he's explaining is people that you have not been introduced to. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, it's it's this guy, this guy, this guy, his his, his, you know, his wife, his grandparent, his grandson, this and that. It's like, oh, got it. Cool. Yeah, that makes I, complete sure. sense to me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. All you really need to know, I guess, the important point is, is that the real killer was never actually caught, and it was never reported in the news or media at all. Yeah, pretty much. And Jamie makes that clear. She's like, I never read anything about this person. Who are you talking about? So, and then even Nick is like, Yeah, it sounds like you're making up a bunch of bullshit, my guy. Hmm? Yep. And then, uh, so they leave, and they're like, hey, you believe his story? I don't know. As this guy is coming out behind them, going up on the top of his boat and smoking a 
a cigarette or cigar or something. And yeah. uh, they drive off, and I think we're – are we at the sex scene now? Uh, we are – yes. I believe that is uh, where we're at in this bad boy. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, Jamie goes home, and she sees the news and whatnot, and blah, 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 but who really cares? Uh, but, yeah, the Nick comes back over to her house, and they get frisky. Yeah, and uh, I – was like I was wondering, like, is this her first time? Maybe not, because she was like, because she seemed pretty comfortable with Corey doing what he was about to do, right? Uh, so maybe not. Um, but anyways, they have sex. And then she has this dream where she wakes up and she sees Corey walk into the woods uh, with a knife in his back, and that kind of just happens because then it cuts back to her. Or it, like it doesn't cut, but it like switches, and she's in her bed, and uh, Nick is laying there. Yeah, I was like, "What was that supposed to mean? <sighs> Do you feeling guilty?" Or oh, wow, she probably should a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then so at some point, Nick wakes up, gets dressed, and goes home. And what? There's a killer on the loose that is like at least attached to or like targeting somebody the girl you were just with and you're gonna leave her house and walk in pitch black darkness by yourself home yeah there's a lot of that just like being ignorant you know like just completely skipping over the fact that there are people dying out here and then you are already once a direct target yeah, I like if you say like, well, he didn't have any other way home. Okay, sure. Wait until fucking daytime and sneak out. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you walking home at night? And then he keeps walking by these lights that are, I guess they're motion censored. They walk, he walks by and it clicks on, clicks off, walks by no one, it clicks on, clicks off. And he does that like three times. And then the last time it clicks on, it's the, it's the phantom killer. Right. Uh, so yeah. he's dead. It reminded me of Halloween 2018 Yeah, uh, in the yard there. The kid is the light goes on and off. Michael pops up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not it's not all that exciting. And, and, and because I never really found myself giving a shit about Nick. No, not really. Yeah, I, just, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but then uh, you, Jamie and her grandmother, uh, Lillian, they are, you know, going to get gas at the gas station, and then oh, that's that's right. That's why they slept together because uh, Jamie came home and her grandmother was like, "Oh, how many of these have you?" She found her acceptance letters, and she tells Jamie, uh, "I have a. Uh, I was talking to your uncle, and we can stay with him as long as we want in Florida. You're not going to throw away this chance, you know, to go to college." And yeah, your grandmother really just wants what's best for, her, and she's actually nice about it, right? And um. So Jamie calls Nick and says, hey, I'm leaving Florida in the morning. Better come over and <laughs> have your time with me before I go. And uh, so they do. And that's what leads to that. And then, yeah, they're they're packing up and uh, they're in the car. And Jamie gives the information about the McCready to the officer outside. Uh, and then they get in the car and then, yeah, they they stop to get gas. And I was wondering, I was like, wait, if they OK, they're leaving. How's a killer going to stop them? He's nowhere around. They can just drive. Then they, 
they stopped to get gas. I was like, ah, ah there it is. There, there it is. is. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a, they're yeah sitting there getting gas and there's like a drive by shooting that happens here. Yeah. It's the, the phantom is up in the, up in the window across the street. Oh yeah. That's right. He's like straight up sniping down at him. I was like, well, was he following them? And then when they stopped, he quickly ran into that building. Like, I know there's two of them. So was one following and one was like, how did they know they're going to stop at that gas station? Yeah. That would line up perfectly with that window of the building across the street. Yeah. That's another moment you got to fucking buy into and it doesn't yeah. make too much sense. So I, uh, yeah, she's, she's in there. She gets a bunch of stuff at the store and she's paying. You hear the gunshots outside. There was another dude, an old guy getting gas. He's dead. And she comes outside. Her grandmother's like standing there with a hole in her neck, blood shooting out. And her grandmother dies. I actually did feel bad when her grandmother died. Yeah. Cause her grandma's like, Oh, I've never left Texas my whole life. How about that? And then she dies <laughs> the time leading out of Texas. And again, yeah. She, yeah, I was like, well, you're never leaving Texas now, granny. Uh, but I did, I did actually feel, feel bad for when that character died and for, felt bad for Jamie when she died. So like, huh, good for you movie. You made me care a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so Jamie is like dodging the, she dodges a shot. She gets behind the car. She looks up and she sees the phantom in the window. Um, and she gets, does she like, she grabs her purse, doesn't she? It's laying on the ground. I feel like she grabs the purse and she takes off running. Yeah. And basically has a long chase with the phantom, uh, through like through buildings and then out into the woods. And eventually the phantom pulls out a bow and arrow shoots, uh, shoots Jamie in the back of the leg with a, with an arrow. Again, yeah. good. he's doing this at night while wearing a mask. Good shot. Yeah. Um, well, even like, I don't know if it's before it's I think before that she like, she runs off to like the train tracks, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she can buy so fucking convenient that the path of her running leads right, right to the exact spot <laughs> where Nick's body is left dead. all cut into pieces like uh, yep. Pierce mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. That's convenient. It's convenient. Really good. Um, even though the killers had no idea that she had learned about that. Um, but it didn't matter. Uh, yeah. She finds his body. Uh, very conveniently and then yeah and she runs and uh she gets to like a swamp area yeah and the phantom uh again at night wearing a mask hits a moving target <laughs> she's in the back of the leg with a bow and arrow uh and then shoots her again uh through the shoulder and as she's falling she sees the phantom in front of her and she's basically like says like what the fuck and then she falls and we get the reveal that there have been two phantoms this whole time. The whole fucking time. And uh, so she's on the ground. One of them gets on top of her and like leans his head down. She pulls off the sack and we see it's that guy. I really, even when I was watching the movie, I was like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, it's, I literally already forgot. Foster? Is it? No, it's not Foster. Which fucking deputy is that some bitch? I literally don't know. Because on the cast list, when it just Andy 
Abley, I, I think is his name. It just says Sackhead. So like, and it, oh yeah, what the fuck? For spe- <laughs> and for the guy that plays the other killer, Corey, it just says Corey. So like, yeah. Whatever. What, what the one fuck? of them cops out there? Daniel Harris is listed on the cast list as town's person number two. Oh, they what they what she just was free for a day and decided to hop down in Texarkana. <laughs> I guess so. That's what it says. She's which I believe they two. shot in Texarkana. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I, I I believe they shot. I I think it was only for like three days though. I don't know if that's like. If they managed to shoot the whole movie in three days, I highly doubt it. I think they just went down there for a little bit, maybe to just get like all the establishing shots down there or any shots that are in like the local area. Yeah. And then moved on. Probably. Um, but though that guy, uh, he's like shower boy and the other killer takes off his hood. It's Corey. And uh she's like, What the fuck? I oh saw you God. die. Yeah, we all saw you die. We literally watched the knife go inside of your fucking body, but it's cool. Yeah, and uh, he's like, did you? And you're like, they found your body. It's like, ah, we just mutilated a face and left a couple teeth. That's all you got to do. And uh, yeah, so he's been alive this whole time. And then like his whole thing is uh, the other killer gets up. And he's going to grab something. Corey's like, oh, what was I going to do? Go play football go to college come back like my dad no fuck that i want to be a part of something yeah so let's kill people and ruin my whole future yeah and he's like and now when people say the phantom did it i'll know i'll know i did that and then the other killer shoots him in the head and Corey is dead for real this time yeah yeah i and guess then, yeah, i guess uh whatever mccready grandson here just didn't want anyone else getting credit for the killings okay yep and uh then the the other guy, he I guess McCready's grandson, he's like, Oh, everyone will believe me. I found you two. You two want to recreate everything. And uh so he tries to kill Jamie, turns her over, but Jamie grabs the gun, flips over, shoots him, and uh she stands over him and like says like it's over and shoots him again. And that's yeah. kind of that. I mean, then the cops you know, find them and she uh, she goes to school. And she kind of has like a narration about the two killers and how like they didn't know each other and they just found each other and about the Phantom, about Texarkana. And she says she went to school and started a new life where no one knows her. No one knows what she's been through. And she's walking down a, a hallway outside or like a, I don't know. Just walking down the sidewalk, there's a wall next to her. And as she's walking, you see her shadow, and you see a shadow behind her start to, like, move toward her. It cuts to black, and that's the town that dreaded sundown 2014. Yeah. Uh, it's Like I said, I enjoy this movie, uh, mm. but every time I've seen it, there's always been that confusion with whole Pierce Jr. and whatnot, and that whole explanation. And... Because I don't even have that much knowledge of the actual Moonlight murders, but I have just enough where it's like, "Mm, I can't tell if you're trying to be like real here or not. And it's throws me for a loop sometimes. Yeah. The explanation is the most confusing part of the movie and a few dumb choices like uh, like Nick walking home at night by his fucking self. Yeah. Uh, And I really don't. I seriously don't like Nick. I, I just. I don't know. 
I don't know. And I'm not even sure. Like, I think Jamie's all right. I think she's a pretty cool character. It, she's, I don't know. It's cool that she's at least badass enough to take on these two killers at the end. It's kind of, it's like having a Sydney Prescott moment, but just way less climactic, you know? Yeah, I was kind of thinking they went a little scream heavy at the end there. Yeah, and I think a lot of these movies um, that the whole all the remakes that came out between like 2006 and well, probably here. I think this movie, this one came out a little bit later in 2014, but that kind of run of remakes that are all kind of throwaways that nobody likes anymore. Uh, I feel like all of those kind of have scream vibes to them, which is probably why I enjoy them. Like, even if they're bad, I like I respect them and I want to watch them. Um, yeah, check them out. Yeah, I think this is one of those uh if it's right in with like your prom night remake your when a stranger calls remake uh um house of wax remake you those all those remakes are kind of all dropped at the same time it yeah. fits right in with all of those yeah i would agree like it's not awful and it's not offensive and it's not like you know you don't put your hair out watching it it's kind of just there yeah yeah and this one is probably better than a lot of those and i i I don't know maybe like overall it feels better than those because it's not really a remake it's a spiritual sequel so Mm -hmm. i think it kind of gets away with some things that those remakes don't uh and because the town that dreaded sun oh god oh Excuse me, coffee. Because the town of the Dreaded Sundown uh, doesn't have like this massive following, like things like the original Prom Nights and you know those other remakes. Uh, what yeah. a stranger calls all about. Because it's a little bit more niche. I don't feel. I feel like people aren't like, ah, god damn it, I can't like this movie because how dare they disrespect what I love. Yeah, I think this movie would actually be. I mean, some people might even have to not even know there was an original movie until they watch this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that is definitely there's definitely potential for that, for sure. I know that I uh, I do want to go back and watch the original now. Yeah. Check you that should. out. Oh, I would. That one. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I picked this movie, I looked up on Amazon and I found it. I was like, oh, I'll watch it on Amazon. And I went to watch it. It says, oh, free with an MGM channel subscription. Like, ah, god damn it. So I uh, I was like, fuck, I gotta find this movie. And I found it on Tubi. Good old Tubi. Fucking Tubi. Those sons of bitches, man. They got everything. They do. Free, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I uh, luckily I got a nice Plex, uh, Plex account that's got this bad boy on it. Don't worry. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's worth seeing for sure and uh, the remake as well definitely not one like your better not i don't say better but it doesn't fit that same category of like classic slashers that help define the genre it's not like tcm Mm. that started something or halloween that started something um or black christmas for that matter like it's not in the same element but it definitely was part of the transitional phase into the slasher genre and one thing that stands out to me with it is how realistic that one is Mm. Um, because like I said, out of all of like the based on a true story movies that were kind of popping around at this time, I think this is probably as close as it got the original. Um, so oh, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, yeah, 
I like I, said, I have to check it out. I have seen the reviews of it, and it does have the look like you're talking about the documentary style look is definitely there. Yeah, it helps a lot. Very much, very much like the original TCM. I say it has that in common with, with that. Yeah. yeah, I was actually like that was what I was going to compare it to is TCM, but e- even TCM still has like a raunchier vibe. Yeah, sometimes when you watch TCM, it's almost like you're watching found footage. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it just feels so disgustingly real. That's um, that's off topic, but that's an idea you could do for a TCM movie, a found footage TCM movie. Yeah, if you want to apply it to like modern day, you you certainly could. Yeah, yeah. That, that could work. Um, <sighs> yeah, I guess I guess that's the town that dreaded sundown. Probably one of the better movies that we've covered on. Yeah on the show it's not that's not saying much uh but yeah one of the one of the betters on the show probably so yeah uh decent flick but does fit in kind of with that bad remakes of the 2000s vibe a little bit yeah i like i said you can watch it i think it's entertaining it's not gonna piss you off um unless you're like a diehard or fan of the original movie and the story and stuff, but I mean, I'm yeah. mad just thinking about it. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think next week we'll go back into an even shittier movie. We'll find something real raunchy for next week to make up for us liking this movie too much. Yeah. That's yeah, all I can yeah, Fucking. Yeah. Something real, real dumb and stupid. <laughs> Yeah, let's see how it goes. But uh, if you got any suggestions for that dumb and stupid movie, leave it on Twitter at Rabbit and Red Pod. We'd uh, love to hear your suggestions. And if you haven't already left a review, please do wherever you're listening, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Just drop a review; it helps out in many, many ways. And share, just share it around. Yeah, and please, and please do leave suggestions. We will read them. We will consider them. We'll take them all down. We'll make a list out of them. But yeah, definitely leave those there. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, with that, until next week, remember that everyone's entitled to one good podcast. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Look what you did to him. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff.